Somebody ought to open your mouth and declare, I have no reason. What? Come on, I have no reason to fear. I have no reason. Tell somebody next to you, I have no reason to fear. Hey! Hey! My God, has anybody got the victory in this house this morning? Amen. You can be seated for just a few moments this morning. Hallelujah. Welcome to Sunday morning at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Anybody else feel that way this morning? So wonderful to have all of our guests and our visitors that are in the house of the Lord with us this morning. Rock Church, would you help me give them a great ovation in this sanctuary? Come on, I want them to feel the love today. Let's let them know how absolutely honored we are to have all of our guests that are with us today. We are so grateful you are here. If you are a first-time guest, you should have received a VIP invitation when you came through the door. And if you're here as a first-time guest and you did not receive one, if you just slip your hand in the air very quickly, one of our usher staff will get one to you. But that little invitation is to invite you there. I see a hand in the back over here that needs a VIP invitation. That invitation is so that right after the church service is dismissed, we would like you to join us for a, a special time that we've prepared for you. We've got a VIP room with some light refreshments and a small gift that we want to give you. And we want to take a moment just to reconnect with you, get to know you a little bit, and let you know how honored we are to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen, church? We have a, a, a saying around here that you are only a guest for the first five minutes that you walk through the door. After that, you're just part of the Rock Church family. Amen? Rock Church, would you help me just turn around, tell somebody on your left, on your right, just tell them, welcome home. Welcome home. They might be in front of you or behind you. Don't leave anybody untouched. Let them know. Tell them, welcome home. We're so glad to have you here. When we dismiss the service, if you'll just take that card, out in the lobby, you're going to see a red carpet. And when you get to that red carpet, there'll be somebody there to escort you in to the VIP room. Amen. I'm also very excited to see Sister Pack back in the house of the Lord this morning. How many of you love the Pack family? Amen. She has been dealing with some, uh, some physical challenges and had a procedure done. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before, and she's doing great, and they're in the house of the Lord today. We're so thankful for the blood of Jesus. And I looked back, and I saw Brother Carbone sitting back there. I've been missing you, my brother. How many of you love and appreciate Brother Carbone? I love this great man. I love this great man, and it's so good to see him 
So good to see all of the faithful saints of the Lord. I'm telling you, this is my favorite day of the week. Amen. When I get to come together with God's wonderful and amazing people. There's nobody like the people of God. I said there's nobody. There's nobody like the people of God. And I see many other uh, guests that are with us, some who I don't have their information or their name. Welcome to the Rock Church. It is so good to have you with us. I want to say a great big welcome to a family that's not a stranger. They have visited here many times before, but it is so good to have the Parker family in service with us this morning. All the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Come on, son. Life Tabernacle. Y'all show them some love. And uh, this is one of the many uh, precious and faithful families of Life Tabernacle Church. And they are a blessing and a, a, a huge help to their pastor, their bishop, Tony Spell. And uh, they're out here enjoying a little bit of time. I think for their an anniversary. So happy anniversary to y'all. Amen. I asked him to just come and say hello. Would you put your hands together one more time and just welcome them this morning to the service. Praise the Lord. It's an honor to be in the house of God this morning. In church. Just the house of God, but... You're having church here today. I love to be in the presence of God with his people. So thankful for your fine pastor. Just take just a moment, Brother Williams, because you'll never know that Thursday evening when you walked into family prayer at Life Tabernacle, See, when you see a man of God arrested and the church is come again from the outside, your friends that are on the outside, they don't understand why you're still having church. And the news is telling everybody, you're a bunch of rebels. You're defiant. You're not obeying. We're just doing what we've always done. Church has been there 60-some years, and they've never missed a service. We, we don't shut down for nothing. If Christmas is on a Sunday night, you know where we're going to celebrate? In the house of God. But when you're going through all of this, it seems like the world is on your shoulders. You're seeing your pastor attacked and legally and verbally. And we had just gathered that evening to pray and was having a good prayer meeting, Brother Williams. And I was sitting on the altar and my son come by and he said, Brother Randy Williams just walked in. Brother Williams, I began to weep because I felt that strength that comes from a man of God that says, I just showed up. I just drove eight, 12 hours just to say, hey, we're with you. 
Thank you, Pastor Williams. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you, Rock Church, for standing for Jesus. In a world that's full of chaos and uncertainty, where they're telling you don't shake hands, don't hug necks. I'm sorry, but that's who we are. <laughs> when, it, when it first began and they begin to tell us, oh, there's going to be millions that's going to die. People would ask, are you afraid? No. No, I'm not afraid. I believe what we've preached this whole time. If it's the will of God that I should die from a pandemic, let me die. But let me die speaking in tongues. Let me die living for God. And if I don't die, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live for him. And if I do die, I'm going to live with him. Oh, somebody give God a praise. Hey! We are so thankful for what God is doing in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we're honored to have the Parker family, his wonderful wife, and the children with us. And uh, so excited to have them in the house of the Lord today. And uh, it is also so wonderful to have with us. I, I don't even know where they're from anymore. Uh, all around the country, around the world, they're spending time overseas. But it is so good to have our friends Evangelist Sister Carson, their amazing family. Brother Steve-O, Sister Ashley, so good to have all of the, the, the family with us. They have another young lady with them that I have not had the chance to meet. But Brother Steve-O seems to be standing kind of close to her. I don't know if that's indicative of anything, but we're honored to have her in the house of the Lord with us as well. Amen. <laughs> I um, received a phone call several months ago. I'm trying to think if it may have been even in last year. I think it was the end of 2018. And Brother Carson was working on his calendar and his schedule and was just letting me know that he was going to be in the area. And so way back at the end of last year, we put today on the calendar. And uh, even though we typed it in with our fingers, I believe that God wrote it in the heavenlies. And we did not know then what would have unfolded throughout this year. And if there is any segment of the fivefold ministry that has perhaps been impacted on very difficult level, uh, especially financially, it is the office of the evangelist. And uh, I have watched many, many evangelists uh, who are trusting in God as they continue to try to obey God and do what he has called them to do. And I am honored this morning to be able to support evangelists. We've been in revival almost this entire time. Amen. 
and supporting evangelists and continuing to support missionaries and the work of the Lord outside of this city and even outside of this country. And uh, it is indeed an honor to have the Carson family. And God is, I walked up to him during prayer and I just said, God is a keeper. He keeps us. He keeps us. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for their ministry. Uh, this entire family is ministry-minded, ministry-called, ministry-anointed. And I want them to just come and obey the Holy Ghost. How about you? Would you stand to your feet all over this house? I want them to come and just do whatever the Lord has laid on their heart. There is such a divine fingerprint on this service today. I want the perfect will of God to be accomplished in this house. One more time, would you put your hands together and give God a great praise as Brother Carson comes to obey the Holy Ghost today. I love you, man. Oh, let's clap our hands and give the Lord praise in this house. He's worthy. I said he's worthy. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And it's great to be in Fort Myers with my friends, Brother and Sister Williams and their boys, and uh, Brother Isaac, Brother Judah growing up on us and highly anointed of God. I'm just honored to be here. Thank you, Brother Williams, for your friendship and uh, for your love for truth, for your passion for revival. One thing about the Rock Church, Brother and Sister Williams, whatever they do, they do it with nothing held back. They do it professional. They do it first class. And uh, they are a tremendous, tremendous asset, not only to this church, but to the apostolic movement. And I honor you today, and I love you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. It's so good to meet uh, Brother Parker and his family. We're from the same state. I'm just a little further west, Lafayette, Louisiana, but I'm glad Brother Parker and them are here. God bless them so very much. I'm thrilled to have my wife, my son, my beautiful daughter, and Stephen has found a good thing. It's not official yet, Brother Williams. But they working on it. And we are honored and thrilled. We have prayed Sister Danielise into where she's at right now. And I'm thrilled to announce, probably for the first time anywhere, now it's all over the Internet. Sister Danielise is here with us, and we love her and appreciate the touch of God that's upon her life. And uh, we are just honored, honored that she's here. Amen. And we're looking forward to what God has in the future. If you have your Bible, go with me to the Word of the Lord, Psalms chapter 103. The first song that we sang today talked about the mercies of God being renewed every morning. I knew that what I was feeling in the Holy Ghost was exactly what we needed. 
Brother Trevor, in his exhortation, one of the songs began to talk about blind Bartimaeus and how the Bible said he cried out, have mercy. Somebody say, have mercy. And so I know that the Lord has, as Pastor already said, and I would echo that God has orchestrated this service. And uh, I really, really feel like God is going to do some very supernatural things. He's already been moving in this service. There are people, I believe, already been healed, already been delivered, already. Already. I told God a while ago when we was worshiping, I said, you don't need my help. I'm just glad to be in church. Do whatever you want to do. But God has permitted me to preach, so I've come after the few that remain that have not got your breakthrough yet and have not received what you need. Today is your day. There is no reason to leave this house without a miracle of healing and without deliverance in your mind, without receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. God has brought you into this house. I'm expecting him to do something great. Psalms chapter 103, in verse number 8. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger, and you are to tell your neighbor, thank God for that. And plenteous in mercy. Now the word plenteous according to the dictionary, means to have an abundance of, to be abounding in. It simply means enough. It means strong or great. It means in great quantity, more than adequate. Richly supplied. And so with that in mind, you read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Then Paul writes to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, and he says, But God, who is rich in mercy, Everybody say rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Plenteous in mercy. Abundant in mercy. Rich in mercy. I want to preach a little bit today about measureless mercy. Measureless mercy. If you're thankful 
and have a revelation of the mercy of God, I want you to lay your Bible down and I want you to thank God for a moment for the mercy that he has shown your life. Because if it wasn't for his mercy, you know and I know I would not be here right now. But God, I thank you today for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your love. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor right now. Now clap your hands and give him a shout with your voice. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't measure God's mercy. God bless you. You may be seated. Paul said, I want to talk to you about a God who is rich in mercy. Now, the word rich, most of us don't understand rich. There might be a couple of folks here that's got it. But for the rest of us, you're just going to have to work with us. We don't understand rich. Because the word rich here means to have a wealth of. See, some of y'all, you, you're going home and having cheese and crackers a day because you ain't got a wealth of. Ain't nothing wrong with cheese and crackers until you've had to eat it for 12 days. I'm going to have to have a little help here right now. I need somebody that understands he's rich. He has an abundance of. He has a wealth of. See, I pr there's folks right now that's not worried about the economy. It ought to be a bunch of apostolic folks. Because the last time I checked, he still owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so if he wants to feed me, all he's got to do is sell a cow every now and then and send me the money. Because he still, I said he still got it. That's why we can sing that song with passion. I have no fear because I know who I'm serving. Uh, he's a God that is rich in mercy. Tell your neighbor, say, stay with me, stay with me. To have an abundance of. See, mercy, many times we get mercy and grace mixed up. Mercy and grace are traveling partners, but they different. See, mercy is not getting what you deserve. What you deserve, what I deserve is the wrath of God, which is judgment, which is death. But mercy steps in and says, I'm going to give them another try. I'm going to help them. I, I understand. See, when you understand mercy, you can't help but praise God. Because mercy says you don't deserve this, but I'm going to bless you anyways. See, grace is getting what you don't deserve. I don't deserve his goodness. 
I don't deserve the righteousness of God. But he says, I'm going to take your sin, your shame, your trouble, your addiction. I'm going to take all of your stuff and put it on me. I'll crucify myself and I'll robe you with righteousness. And you will become the righteousness of God. That's what grace does. See, grace, according to Titus 2 and 11, grace is a teacher. It's a teacher. It, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us. Teaching us what? Just come and learn to be happy. This, you know, teaches you how to be blessed financially. No, it says to teach us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. Where? In this present crazy, messed up world. Grace teaches us that. Grace doesn't give people a license to live any way they want to live uh, and say, well, the grace of God covers me. No, no, no. That is a messed up theology. Uh, that is a deceptive, damnable heresy. Uh, what grace does uh, is teach you how to be like Jesus. Everybody say thank you for a teacher. I'll give you an example of mercy. There was a mother that once approached Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. And the emperor replied that the young man had committed a certain offense twice. And the justice demanded that he die. She said, but I don't ask for justice. I plead for mercy. He said, your son doesn't deserve mercy. She said, sir, if it would not be mercy, it would be deserved it. Uh, but mercy is what I'm asking you for. If you deserve to be in this house today, there would be no need for mercy. Uh, because I shouldn't be here. Uh, and I shouldn't have made it. Uh, and I shouldn't have come out. Uh, but his mercy kept me. Uh, his mercy redeemed me. Uh, his mercy covered me. His mercy. See, that's why we call the message we preach the gospel. Because it is the good news. But I've come to tell you it's not only the good news, it's the best news there is. And sometimes you need to turn off all the other negative news uh, and you just say, what does God say about it? Uh, because as we sang a while ago, he's going to have the last say. Uh, God's still speaking. Uh, God's still moving. Uh, and his mercy still works. Uh, I've come to tell you that God's not weak. Uh, he's not powerless. Uh, he's not anemic. Uh, and he's not bankrupt. Uh, but he is a bond in uh, mercy. Somebody give him a shout right now. Mercy. Measureless mercy. So watch what Isaiah says. Isaiah 55 verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his ways. The unrighteous man, his thoughts. It's not just your ways that will get you in trouble. It's your thoughts that will get you in trouble. 
When you come to God, you got to learn to think different. You can't think like your family thinks. You can't think like your mama thinks. Uh, you can't think like your grandma thinks. No, you got to get a new mind in you because it's not just how you act. You got to think different. Uh, you got to walk different. Uh, you got to talk different. An unrighteous man, his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now, that may not mean anything to you, because you are so good. But somebody like me, that's, I, I still got an old carnal man. I'm trying, I have to kill him every day. I get up every morning, he comes and gets out of bed with me. I know some of you are talking tongues all the time, but, you know, I got an old guy that lives with me, and he likes to raise his old ugly head, and I have to come to God and say, I need you today to abundantly pardon me because I've been acting foolish. I've been thinking crazy thoughts. Uh, if I could get my hands. If I, if, let, let me go over there. I have to rein that guy. Some of y'all don't have crazy folks in your life. But let me preach from experience. I learned, I'm trying to get delivered, Brother Williams, I'm trying to get delivered from stupid. I'm allergic to that. And I hate, well, help me, Jesus. I really don't like folks. That are just being stupid. Are we allowed to say stupid in Fort Myers? It's too late. I'm trying to get the revelation, understanding that you can't fix stupid. But I do know you can shoot it. And brother Leo, I'm trying not to get that old man to come up. Because that old man wants to wrap his hands around them and love on them. Oh, I need some real folks in here. Oh, I can't believe he's talking like that. I thought he was a man of God. You need to understand, I have been abundantly pardoned, uh, and I'm going to need it today, uh, and I'm going to need it tomorrow, and I need a God uh, that understands uh, I am a fallen man, uh, and I need his measureless mercy. Measureless mercy. So watch this. You can only understand Seven, and if you understand eight and nine. Because under eight and nine follows this. He abundantly pardons. He'll have mercy. I've always preached this and left seven out. But the Bible says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways. <laughs> He's saying... For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. What God is saying uh, about mercy and about pardoning you, it's unmeasurable. You can't 
You can't put a yardstick on God's mercy. That's why you people that are being judgmental and trying to put people in a box uh, and say what God can and cannot do, you need to have an old-fashioned prayer meeting uh, because God is saying, uh, I see stuff you don't see, and I know things you don't know. My thoughts are bigger than your thoughts. You need a little more scripture. Psalms 103.12. As far as the east is from the west, so hath he removed our transgressions from us. Go ahead and measure it. The God that created the universe, robed himself in flesh, paid a price that we could never pay. He's abundant in mercy. He can still reach you. He can still save you. I don't care where you're at. If you're in this service, if you're watching by internet, I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost led you to sin service right now. He allowed you to hear this preacher tell you, you have not gone too far. You've not done too much. Uh, I'm here to tell you there's no mountain too high. There is no addiction too strong. Uh, I'm here to preach to you, it doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, it doesn't matter what you said. Uh, it don't matter who you've been with. Uh, I've got a God uh, who is abundant in. Come on and praise him. So I want to address that lie that's been in your ear. I've done so much. I'm not a good person. I've done some really bad things, preacher. You just don't know. God don't like my kind. He would never forgive me for the things I've said and the things I've done, the acts I've committed. You don't understand the things I've touched. I'm unlovable. I'm worthless. I'm nothing but a big failure. And that plays over and over and over in your mind, trying to condemn you, trying to squash you, trying to get you under the load uh, of never being free uh, and never coming out. Uh, but I've come here tonight for the word from the Lord. Uh, that is a lying spirit. Uh, and I've come to break that lying spirit off of you right now in the Holy Ghost. Uh, the devil is a liar. Uh, you need to get him out of your your ear and you need to put him under your feet and you need to bruise him and you need to let him know you are finished finished Jonah was a man of God he was the son of a prophet this wasn't his first day to be around prophecy I understand why he ran. I may not be the son of a prophet, but I was the son of a preacher. And the first time I felt like God wanted me to preach, I said, I don't think so. I know what my daddy did. I know what my mama sacrificed. One of these days, I'm going to preach me a message called, Mama, Don't Let Your Babies. Grow up to be preachers. Some of y'all not old enough to know what that song is, and you probably don't need to Google it. 
But Waylon and Willie used to sing a song, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. That's Brother William's music. But the song went on to say, I wasn't always saved, by the way. That's how I know what it says. I don't have it on my Sirius satellite radio. I don't even have Sirius satellite radio. But Waylon Willie said, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. But let them grow up to be doctors and lawyers and stuff. We got a generation that is saying, go get your degree. I'm not against that. Be a professional. But I believe God's raising up some young people that's got a different passion. And a different burden. And they're saying, I... I, I I've been to college, I got my degree, I got, I man, I got a career ahead of me and everything, but I just feel something calling me, I feel something deep, I feel something. And God said to the people of Israel, he said, I would have called them to be prophets, uh, I would have called them to be preachers, but you gave them wine. You gave them strong drink. In other words, it was the prior generation that said, don't go there. He said, you taught him about worshiping idols. But he said, I had a different plan. I wanted to be preachers and I wanted to be prophets. I don't want to abort the next generation because of what I've seen uh, and because of the pain uh, and because of the sacrifice. But I get Jonah. I get him. He heard the stories. It wasn't a good place to preach a revival. Listen, you people that think evangelizing is, is glamorous, just follow us. Every church not like the Rock Church. It's easy to preach here. Y'all pray. Brother Williams, that makes the job so much easier. When people are spiritual and have a heartbeat for God and for souls. So I get, I get him. I get Jonah. He's going the wrong direction. He doesn't do what's right. He doesn't hear God. He's like, oh, no way. I'm, I'm out of here. We know the story. We've told it since Sunday school. God created a fish. He swallows him in the fish. And Job's going through this whole deal. And right in the middle of it. He says, they that listen to lying vanities, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. In the middle of my trial, I know I'm disobedient. I know I failed God. I know I went the wrong way. I was blatantly disobedient. Do I got any witnesses in here that you just sometimes was blatantly disobedient to what you knew God wanted for your life? And when you do, there's an adversary that says you're worthless. Uh, you're no good. Uh, you're nothing but a washup. Uh, you'll always be a mistake. Uh, you're just like your grandpa. Uh, you're just like so-and-so. You'll never amount to anything. But I've come to tell you that if you observe uh, those lying vanities, you forsake your own mercy. The word observe there means 
to heed to them or to keep them or to guard them. I'm just here to tell you, God, I do not believe, is wanting to condemn you. I do not believe we got a God with a big checkboard and he's saying, oh, they messed up today, get them. Oh, they turned, they didn't do right today, get them. Oh, they didn't pray enough today, get them. I don't serve that kind of God. Yes, he's a God of justice. Yes, he's a God of righteousness. Yes, he's a God of holiness. But I'm here to tell you, he's a God that abundantly pardons. Uh, he's a God that is rich in mercy. So I wrote this down the other day. I have a great friend of mine, a great preacher. It's not original to me. He said it. But I'm a firm believer. If it's good, preach it. And he's always said this. God would rather pardon you than punish you. I'm going to say that again. He'd rather pardon you than punish you. Some of you still haven't got that. So let me say it another way. He'd rather forgive you than he would forsake you. See, you've got to embrace the nature of God. You've got to see God not as the father that raised you. See, some of you are basing your father, son, father, daughter relationship on a deadbeat dad and a father that wasn't there and a father that left your mother and a father that beat on you and a father that lied and a father that was a crook. And so when you come to God and have to approach him as a father, you're having a hard time. But Jesus said, when you pray, start out, our Father which art in heaven. <laughs> Clarify which Father you're talking about. Your Father didn't leave you. Your real Father is not a guy that doesn't show love. He's a God of mercy. He is a God that embraces. He is a God that wants to pardon you. He's a God that wants to forgive you. Let me say it like this. He's a God that doesn't want to reject you. He wants to restore you. That's who we're serving. See, that's the truth about God. That's the nature of God. That's what God is inclined to do. Jeremiah 9, 24. Let him that glorieth, glory in this, watch, that he understandeth and knoweth me. If you don't understand and know God, you get all kind of crazy concepts about God. He said, but when you come to my presence, understand me and know me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness. The word loving kindness is the word mercy 149 times. Here it's used as the word loving kindness. But other places in the, in the word of God, it's 149 times mercy. I'm a God that exercises loving kindness or mercy, judgment, which is a verdict, 
and righteous, righteousness and justice. And he said, I do that in the earth. For in these things, in these things, somebody read that last two. I what? I delight. You want to know what God delights in? Showing you mercy. You know what gives God a good day? Showing up and pardoning you. You want to make God happy? Let's let him show you some love. You want to make God have a really good day? Just say, hey, God, I need a little mercy today. He said, with all of your getting, I want you to get understanding. Why would the wisest man say those words, with all of your getting, get understanding? Because understanding helps you to know. It helps you to know something. And knowing is powerful. Knowing is liberating. That's why Paul wrote and said, I know in whom I have believed. And that's what makes me persuaded. You don't get persuaded until you know it. You can believe it all day long. But once you know it, that's experience. Uh, I was there and he fixed it. I was there and he made a way. I was there and he turned it around. You know the truth. And knowing truth is what makes you free. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. People that do know their God. We want to have power, demonstration, signs, and wonders. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But it starts with knowing who he is. If you got a false concept of God and a false concept of mercy and a false concept of his grace, uh, you'll dilute it, you'll pollute it, and God won't be able to work through it. Uh, but if you understand uh, that no matter how bad I am, no matter what mistake I made, uh, no matter what trouble I am in, I've got a God uh, who is rich in mercy. Uh, he delights, uh, he delights uh, in mercy. Uh, when you know that, it liberates you. You don't come to service uh, and all down uh, and disheartened because you've got a God that's rich in mercy. The word liberate in the dictionary means to set free from imprisonment or bondage, to set free from control by a foreign or oppressive government. Listen, you got an adversary, the devil, that wants to oppress you. You got a devil that wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your kids. He wants to destroy your finances. Uh, but you got a God that says, I want to restore. I want to fix. Uh, I want to heal. Hey, rejoice not against me, oh, my enemies. Uh, I got a revelation. Uh, when I fall down, uh, I'm getting back up again uh, because I got a God uh, who is rich uh, in uh, mercy. Uh, devil don't have no party. I got a God who's rich. He's rich in mercy. Come on and clap your hands and give him praise. Woo. All right, you can be seated. I'm trying to hurry. Y'all got me hyper. Brother Williams, I've been working on this for probably three months now. 
Every day that I pray and I go to the word of the Lord, God just starts pouring more into my spirit. And maybe, maybe it's just for me. Maybe I need it more than anybody. But the Bible says in Lamentations 3, this I recall to mind. Verse 21. For this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. You don't get hope until you get what God says and what you know about God back in your mind. Then your hope is renewed. It is our Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. That's why you have to be a worshiper. Because if it had not have been for the mercy of God, you would not be here. So i got to recall to my mind that if it wasn't for the mercy of the Lord, I would have been consumed. But his compassions fail not. Now, I always preach that the mercies of the Lord are renewed every morning. But it says his mercy and compassion. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Every morning. He knew I was going to need it. He knew that when I got up today, them people, that stuff, that memory, that dysfunction, that addiction, he knew it's going to get up with me. And so he said, I want you to know that what got up with you was also mercy and compassion. Watch this, Micah 7, 18. Who is a God like unto thee? That pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. There's that word delight again. It means he is inclined to. That message that the enemy's given you that God wants to kill you and destroy you and throw the book at you is a lie. God is inclined to show you mercy. It means to be pleased in. It means to desire. It means to take pleasure in. I'm here to tell you God enjoys forgiving you. It's not a drudgery to God. He's waiting on you to ask him. He's waiting on you to run to him. He's waiting on you to say, God, I messed up. God gets pleasure when he saves you. God delights in delivering you out of trouble. God is inclined to heal you. We always talk about mercy having to do with salvation. But Bartimaeus, I thought they was going to preach my message. But Bartimaeus said, have mercy on me. He was needing healing. And so mercy covers healing too. And if God is inclined 
to show mercy, and he likes to show mercy, and he's, and he's full of tender mercy, then he wants to heal you today. You don't have to leave here with high blood pressure. You don't have to leave here with diabetes. Uh, you don't have to leave here with arthritis crippling you. You don't have to leave here with irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, you don't have to leave here with cancer. You don't have to leave here with a rotator cuff that's not working. Uh, I got a God uh, who is inclined. Uh, he enjoys uh, doing the miraculous. Uh, he enjoys uh, working miracles. Uh, he enjoys uh, stepping in. Uh, he enjoys showing up. Uh, he enjoys uh, making a way where there is no way. Uh, he enjoys uh, getting there right on time uh, and saying, I will fix it. Clap your hands to him right now. So David writes in Psalms 23 and says, surely goodness, verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not when I'm talking in tongues. Not when I'm hitting the mark, Brother Williams, but all the days of my life when I'm acting foolish or when I'm doing crazy stuff and when, I'm, when I allow the old man to get the best of me. Now listen, those of you that don't know me too well, I'm not licensing sin. There is no license for sin and rebellion. If I had time, I could preach to you about the delight of God, what God delights in. He delights in judgment. In other words, he wants to pass judgment on those that are unrighteous and ungodly because he wants there to be a right world. But God's not out to try to destroy you. The Bible said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. You know what the word follow means? It means run after. It means to chase me. And his mercy is chasing me all the days of my life. While I'm running and acting crazy, his mercy's chasing me. His mercy's trying to catch up to me because his mercy wants to cover me. His mercy wants to redeem me. His, hey, I've come to tell you, you've not gone too far. You got a God who's rich in mercy. Come on, I want you to stand with me right now. So what is, in, what is God inclined to do? What is God's true nature? Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I love this. To show himself strong. God said, I'm looking for people that are weak. Let me help you. God's looking for people that ain't got it together. Because if you're strong enough and you got enough money, you don't need God. He's looking for people that are broke. That's why you ought to give. Of course, the more broke you are, the more God can bless you. Keep giving to missions. Keep giving to revival. Because God said, I'm a God that wants to show myself strong. Got an adversary that's too big? Got a problem you hadn't been able to break? 
been through the 12-step programs, you read all the right books, saw the hypnotist, you've had acupuncture, you've sat cross-legged and chained for four hours, you're still addicted, your marriage is still on the rocks. I'm preaching to you about a God that says, I love to show myself strong. You know what that means? That means God will purposely allow your life to get all messed up. He'll make sure that you get to the Red Sea and can't go no further. Now, the way I read the Bible, they got there because they was following that cloud. Am I in the Bible? You ever followed God and got in a bad place? I thought I was doing the will of God. You are. God just wanted to show himself strong. He delights in it. He enjoys he enjoys showing up and say, I'll make a way. When everybody else says, you ain't getting out of this, God said, watch me make a way. You ain't going to be able to pay for this. God says, watch me. You ain't going to be able to get delivered from that. Watch me. So the Bible says, Jesus teaching in Luke chapter 12, that it is the Father's good pleasure to give us, his kids, the kingdom. The question you got to ask yourself, ladies and gentlemen, is when he gives you the kingdom, what's the kingdom like? What's the kingdom of heaven really, really like? No sin. No shame. No guilt. No condemnation. No sickness. I'm talking about the kingdom. No pain. Bible said they'd wipe away all your tears. That kingdom, if you can get a picture of it, he said, it is my good pleasure to give it to you. You read the teaching of Jesus, it was not something in the future. He came preaching that the kingdom of God was at hand. It was for what we were supposed to enter into in this life. What we're in right now is dress rehearsal for what we're going to be. That's why there's no fear in the middle of a pandemic. That's why there's no trouble when you're losing your job. That's why then when that economy's bad and you're laid off and you don't know what the future is going to hold, you got a God that says, hey, I'm rich in mercy. I can handle that. I can fix that. I can restore that. I can make a way in the middle of my way. 
because I have measureless mercy. So if you're here today and you need, you need that kind of help. You need to step out of your seat right now while the Spirit of the Lord is moving. And while revelation is coming into your spirit, and you need to come running to a God that has open arms saying, I will forgive you. I will restore you. I will make you what you ought to be. I'll turn all of that sorrow into rejoicing. I'm a God that delights in showing mercy. I take pleasure in redemption. The Bible says, That heavens rejoice over one sinner's repentance because it's what gives God delight. You want God to show you that mercy? Raise your hands to Him right now, all over this building. I don't care what you've done, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you said. Today's a new day. Deliverance is available to you right now. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There's ministers that are going to lay hands on you right now. There's prayer warriors that are going to pray with you right now. And God can heal your body. I don't care what it is you need. Call out to the Lord right now. Call out to the Lord right now. He wants to heal. He wants to restore. He wants to save you. Come on, that's it. Don't be afraid. Call on Him. Call on Him. I know about your love.